Welcome to the Awake to Joy podcast. The advice and strategies contained here may not be suitable for your situation, and you should consult a professional where appropriate. Let's listen to today's program. Hey, Renee. Hi, Annette. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing real good. Got some good fishing in the other day, so I'm kind of feeling refilled a bit. Hey. I know. <laughs> spring is here, finally. No more iced up stuff in the morning. Everything's melted. Yeah. It's refreshing. Like it. It's nice to see growth. I noticed that we had a lot of rain recently too, and there's just all these, all these new growths outside Fast. of the yeah. Fast. Yeah. I was out of the state for quite a bit of time. And when I came back, everything was so lush and green. And when I left, the trees were dormant and there was nothing, no leaves. Buds were there, but they yeah. weren't coming out for no reason at all. <laughs> <laughs> so while I was gone, the sun came out and it warmed up things and you guys got a lot of rain and things started growing. Oh yeah. I was helping do a wedding. And when we went back to the location in Ohio, it was like, it, same as you said, when you came back to Indiana, we went back to Ohio for this destination wedding and everything was beautiful. Flowers were up. There were even roses, the flowering trees, you know, it was falling off the tree and white. So yeah. And we were just there like four weeks ago, three or four weeks ago, just to do a quick walk through. And it, it was dormant still. There were no no ivy on the walls there were no blooms on the trees it was just your very first spring flowers and now it's just it popped <laughs> made for a very beautiful mm, experience we'll say that and I'm sure Wonderful. the water you being on the water fishing gave you the same thing <laughs> yes it did yes it did oh my goodness all right well today's subject is going to sound kind of familiar because we have talked about portions of this, but I want to go into maybe just a little bit more details. We've done a message about when a child comes to you, what do you say? How do you react? That type of situation. But I kind of wanted to look at the other side just a little bit, and then we can look at the victim side. And that is how does the parent or adult person respond and the different situations we've seen have we've been doing it for so many years and talked with so many people so when an adult gets told a lot of times it's either extremely to one side or extremely to the other side and it's hard finding ones that are in between so extremely well i love your story can you just share a snippet of how it went for you when you went ahead and told your adult my story <laughs> you're saying her response right oh, okay so when i went to the adult i went to was my mother to tell that i was being abused and the response and for me it was a writing on a small piece of paper just some fears you know like fearing of showering fearing of being alone just a couple fears and her response immediately was she believed me and then scooped me up with my brothers and sisters and immediately took us to the police department to report it. So there was full belief and comfort. So that's that's it in, this, in a nutshell. <laughs> there you go, that was a quick. Yeah. That's good. Okay, and then you have this other uh, adults that we've seen 
that actually overreact. Mm. Oh my goodness, this is terrible. This has happened. And you know, they all of a sudden it's not about the victim, it's the overreacting that's happening from the adults that the worst possible thing they could think of has happened to their child and the, and they just become an emotional wreck and all of a sudden I understand they're hurting and everything but right now the victim is sharing what is difficult for them they're reaching out for help and so the overreacting adult can cause the child well I don't want this adult let's say it's the mom or dad to be hurting like this ever again. I don't want to mention it again. It, it becomes too much. They they don't like to see their mom or dad hurting. Well, I didn't want that either, you know. Right. So that, I, I went all those years not sharing it because I was under that same belief of, well, I was even told that as well by my abuser of, well, you don't tell, don't tell because it'll hurt them. And then when you have this extreme reaction, like you're just, yeah. And I know of folks I'm remembering some things. Yeah, it becomes then that parent or that adult acts like they're the victim versus focus on the victim themselves, the person that it was done to. Correct. They're, yeah, they're dealing with all their anger. They want to go and beat up the person. They want to revenge. It's all this stuff, but they're not focusing on the person that just reported it and getting them the help they need immediately. Yes. It's it's a dysfunctional response. That'll be my label. <laughs> the other response that is common as well is no response. Mm. They don't even acknowledge it. So the parent, or like I said, the caregiver, the child can go ahead and say, this is happening to me. This hurts, whatever it is, that type of thing. And they're telling this person that, and the person says, okay, but let's not talk about it. This is something we don't talk about or any of those above, if that makes sense. Yeah. Or they get shushed as in, we don't talk about those things. That's dirty. We don't talk about such things. Yeah. And so there is no acknowledgement to the victim. They start to shut down. They even start to wonder where are they at fault? in the whole yeah. system yeah. of it. For me, it was that way. I was wondering, wait a minute, I thought I could be protected. I, I got up the you know courage to say it and everything. And I was told, no, that's what dirty little girls talk about type thing. No, this is inappropriate. Don't bring that up again. And I was like, well, if I don't bring it up again, will it happen again? And it did, but there was nobody to bring it up to. Mm. So that left me without a voice in my world, if that makes sense. There's a lot of different ways. And we did talk about it in, like I said, a program before, but I felt it was worth revisiting again due to there's a couple of elements in there that I wanted to explore. And that was, again, how the adults responded in the situation, yeah. um, as well as I'll give you an example. My granddaughter this past weekend got in the car and we were going over to the store and her and her brother were promised donuts. So they were so excited. And so the mom 
runs in the store to go get the donuts and we're sitting in there and I'm asking her, you know, what kind of donuts are you going to get? Things like that. And then she just comes out of the blue and says, grandma, don't you just hate it when somebody forces you to do something that you don't want it done to you? I'm thinking, wow, I'm hmm. taking it completely different, right? And so I'm thinking, well, what type of thing is somebody possibly forcing you to do that you don't want to do? Remember where I'm coming from now, right? Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I'm asking very sensitive like and keeping my calm about it. She goes, well, wouldn't it just be awful if I was forced to eat a soggy donut? <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> and I'm thinking, has anybody forced you ever to eat a soggy donut? No, but I'm thinking, I'm just sitting here thinking that that would be the worst thing in the world. And I'm thinking that would be pretty bad, honey. But I could have <laughs> lost it in that moment when she brought, look how the conversation started. Right. I had been a victim. So all my antenna went up, red lights, everything is sounding and going. Oh my goodness, right? Mm -hmm. yes. How did I miss this with my own granddaughter? And yet she's just trying to, she's using her imagination type thing. So it was important that I kept my tone even, that I asked the questions, but not like, well, what do you mean? type thing. Yeah. Kept my tone going there. And the reason why I bring that up is parents sometimes get upset when they say, I tried to keep my calm, but then they started asking the questions really fast and on point. Well, tell me exactly what happened. With that tone of voice, a conversation that was so relaxed between her and I in the car, right? Yeah. Changed. And she would hear my tone of voice and hearing that tone of voice would make her think I need to go into protective mode right now. And when Defense, you put a child yeah. in protective mode, that's pushing them towards changing their brain and their mindset. And that's how they end up forgetting the details. So they're trying to tell you what happened. And then you're pushing for more details. And in it, that's where children even adults, even after a car accident, will start losing and all of a sudden have that disassociated amnesia. That makes sense. And it's just that part of the brain has just switched over. So if you can keep that conversation relaxed, even though if you're the adult listening to it, you're not relaxed, you're upset hearing them come with any kind of news anything concerning hurt. yeah yes that type of thing but to remember to breathe so that you can hear their story clearly and you can't ask for details but it's more important they tell their story in full and then you could ask questions that keep it at that same tone that I kept it at asking well what would be the worst thing that could happen to you in your life yeah keeping it calm, keeping it relaxed. You're right. Because as you were describing that, I'm thinking the child doing this, hands going up and feeling like they're kind of being pushed to a corner. Did I do something uh, maybe wrong? I Did I do yeah. something wrong? Yes. And ooh, this, this is going to be too intense of a conversation because I'm already getting drilled. 
and I wasn't bringing this up to get drilled, <laughs> whatever that topic was. Yeah, they don't want to be cornered. That's, that's, be that's, cornered. A, that's a quick shutdown um, response that can come as well. Not just the amnesia, but the... Yeah, that's part of the PTSD, which is the post-traumatic stress disorder that can happen in there because unless it happened often the incidents the memory has a hard time if it was a one-time event for them to go into detail when all of a sudden they feel i did something wrong mm -hmm. i'm stressed whatever it is memory is not going to hold on to that so tight they're more in a protective mode it's how the brain works and i felt like that was important to bring up because after i heard my granddaughter, I mean, I'm sitting there in the car and I'm bracing for the worst because she's, you know, she's telling me the worst thing that ever could happen to her in the world is being forced to eat a soggy donut. It was like, thank you, Lord. Thank you. That I was able to keep my calm because I, I mean, I started praying right away. I'm yeah. not going to run away from this conversation. We're going to walk in this conversation. It's going to be okay. And God blessed me, but he also blessed me with share this with others. Mm -hmm. Share sure. this with others. It may seem small, but it really is huge. And um, I don't know for those who are in the child protection services who are listening to this, but I, on my personal note is, I'd rather them come to the child's home and do the questioning and type thing there just because they're still in that relaxed state and keeping mm -hmm. it more relaxed. A stranger is a stranger, and that's going to impede upon putting stress on. True. Going into a new environment, for sure. Correct. Yeah. And so I understand how they're wanting to pull from an area or whatever it is every circumstance is so different but for me to be able to talk with a victim in a setting that's completely comfortable and where they're more relaxed with me we've built some sort of rapport before asking questions that are prying is a way to be able to get into areas more easily and without them, all of a sudden, they, they are, they're, their mind has gone blank. So how, how would they go across it? Like my situation, it was, you know, a person in my home doing the abuse. Therefore, it was, I had to be, it had to be one of us moved out of the house and that person hadn't been approached yet. So. I right. Think, it makes sense. Again. Your mom pulled you all out and you went to the police station, but you were talking with a complete stranger yeah. about something very personal and very embarrassing because you were a teen at that time. Yeah. So I could see where you could only say so much, but it, because it was repetitive, it was easier for your brain to remember. For others, if it was a one-time event, a lot of it might've been shut down and they could only remember so much. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like I even remember even the fact that it was repetitive, even certain things like dates were difficult for me to pull up. It's like, why do you even want to know dates for? But some details were harder 
to to pull up than others. So you're right. Very true. Hmm. So you and I are caught by different people because they know that we do this ministry, Awake to Joy. And we could be caught, whether we're at a store and people recognize us as friends who work in this ministry type thing, and somebody will pull us aside and tell us a situation. And I have always thought it can't, I can't be told a worse story. I've always thought that there's not, you know, and there always seems to be something more ugly, more sinister or whatever it is. Yeah. But I'm very conscious when I'm being told to mind my face, to mind my body so that I'm not giving off. Oh my gosh, this is so horrific because I don't want the person telling me to stop. I want them to feel loved. I want them to be able to speak. I want to be able to listen. Yeah. And in doing so, I just make sure my hands are relaxed. I make sure my face is more relaxed and that I'm listening with empathy and everything else is shut down. If I realize this is where the conversation is going, I immediately reach in my back pocket, put my phone on uh, vibrate immediately. That's smart. Because this conversation might only be one minute long, but just in case, I want to make sure I'm there to be able to be present for this person. It was already hard enough for them to bring it up. I want to be able to listen fully and definitely have empathy and be willing to stop and pray with them, whatever, what are they needing? Yeah. yeah. Why is it God brought them to me today? I think what I would add to that is I just recall people telling me things and going with all the busyness around, like say it's a party or, or somewhere in public, I have found myself, Hey, let's go over here to this corner. And, it happens at parties it. all the time, doesn't it? Yeah. The barbecues, yeah. things, all of a yeah. sudden, somebody will sit there and the conversation just starts and it's like, hey, why don't we just, just like you said, get up and move to a different location? Yeah, to give them that privacy. Not that, you know, if they start sharing and they want it, others to be involved, that's their choice. But I think that that has been also a common thing of not just the empathy, but let's find a place to sit. And then I can, I'll give you my full focus kind of thing. I, Makes sense. Yeah. All right. Well, that was basically it. I just wanted to remind people that receive the news. It's, you know, it's not pleasant news to have a child or a, any child, whether it's your own or some child that comes up to you uh, and tells you these things, but to be receptive, to take the time, listen. And don't uh, overreact. Yeah. And it's, I'm, I'll throw this out there is it's normal to want to go and, <laughs> you know, it, it is normal response that just will stir in you an anger, a, a wanting to search that person out. You know, these thoughts will come. I think that is a normal response for us as the receptor of news that we want to be protector. And we want to take care of that person, but that's not who God has asked us to be. <laughs> that's what the authorities are for, you know? And I think the biggest lesson that you're reminding me of here right now is we need to be present. 
And yes, we have all these emotions in, but it's not about our emotions at that moment. That person needs to be focused on and ministered to and loved on, you know, and heard and believed. And they're looking for us to not just hear, but sometimes it's to act. If it's an adult, that's one thing where they can go and make the report. Maybe we're the one that's walking with them to make that report. All right. That was it. Talk to you later. Bye. You have been listening to the Awake to Joy podcast. Views expressed in this podcast are the speaker's opinions. Thank you for listening. If you could please give us a review below, we would appreciate it greatly, as well as share this podcast with your family and friends. If you would like to get in contact with us, we'd love to hear from you. Check the show descriptions for more information. Under no circumstances shall Awake to Joy, its employees, volunteers, guests, or officers be liable for any direct or indirect losses or damages arising out of comments made. We look forward to chatting with you again. Because he lives, he changes everything.